0: Uh, We here at Riverside are looking at the whole subject uh, of Genesis 1 to 3 and some foundations for us uh, as what it means to live in society today. And, And so today we're going to be focusing on something important that impacts all of our lives, but not in a way that perhaps we normally think. And it seems apt, I think, to be thinking about it today in the light of Prince Philip dying Because we're thinking about the whole subject of power. What do we do with power in our lives? And for many of us, the reason we're thinking about this is that there are things in our story that have been done to us, for us, that have impacted the way we think about God, the way we think about church, the way we think about our relationships the way we think about others in our work or even in our neighbourhood. And we're not sure what to do with that. And added to that our own personal stories, you will know that in recent years there's been scandal after scandal making the national and international headlines about abuses of power. Of course, made most famous in the last few years by the Me Too movement, where we've seen devastating use and abuse of power in the Hollywood world, but way beyond that as well. But of course, it's not just restricted to Hollywood or to politics. In recent years, we've so tragically seen, and even in recent weeks, scandal after scandal in the church, and not just kind of other churches kind of that are international but actually churches not dissimilar to churches like Riverside and others so what do we do with that where we've seen and some of us experienced abuse of power where do we go with that I think it's been so refreshing in the last few days with all the stories about Prince Philip of seeing how well he so often handled his power and influence. So what do we do with power? That's where we're going this morning. Uh, And I want to just firstly set up what do we mean by power? Because you might be thinking, I'm not very powerful, little old me, sat at home or here at Riverside. I'm not very powerful, I don't have any influence. Well, simply, if you look in a dictionary, the definition of power is this. The capacity or ability to direct or influence the behaviour of others or the course of events. We all have power to some degree. The ability to influence other people and shape some events. Parents, you have power over your children. Colleagues, you have power over those you work with. Friends, you have the ability to influence your friends. Family members, you have the ability to influence how others act. Those with elderly parents, you may have, for the first time, the ability to, the power has shifted a bit into the way you care for In a kind of husband or wife relationship, how we influence our husband or wife. For those in any sort of leadership sphere, employees and employers, even with our neighbours, we all to one degree or another have power. It's a distinctly human thing that at some point we can influence others. And how do we do it? Because we can do it in lots of different ways. The carefully used word at the wrong or the right time. The look of approval or disgust. The withholding or the giving of affection. The criticism or praise about a certain activity. The cold shoulder, the warm embrace. The posture of your body, even the clothes we wear, to a greater or lesser degree, we can influence others. Power, in the words of SNAP. I've got the power. All those years ago, people of my sort of age. And I remember the first time I stepped foot into a prison. It was Brixton Prison in London, a kind of major well-known prison. And I remember going in with the Brixton Prison chaplain and the first time going in and the door being closed behind me and him locking the door with the keys. And then going through another door, and then that door being locked behind me. And you can imagine the slam. And it was a feeling of powerlessness, because here I was, suddenly trapped, apart from this one person who had the keys. And I guess that for some of us in the room and some at home, You have got things in your story in which you have been locked up by what somebody has done or not done. And it's almost as if they've got a power over you that affects your life even today, even though it may be many, many years ago. And the truth is it can have a devastating impact on the way we see God, the way we view church and leadership, The way we even value and look at all our relationships. And and as we get into kind of Genesis, I want to say something. I want to apologize for those for whom people who own the name of Jesus have acted in certain ways to you that has therefore dramatically impacted the way you see God someone has, as it were, used their keys to mean that you've got a picture of God that is far from the good, loving, kind father figure. Genesis has something important to say to us. And as we go through this, please hear the heart. There is one who loves you deeply. So there's four things I want to draw out of uh, Genesis. Uh, the, The first is this. We've seen over these weeks before Easter that power is a gift that is given to us. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, we read that moment where God creates humans and gives them something to do. God blessed them, verse 28 of Genesis 1, and said to them, Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God creates them in his image, and because they're made in his image, they're therefore the powerful one, God himself, gives the same task to those he's created. So we are made in God's image. We, therefore, are given power by God to do the things that he's doing, caring and creating. That's what humans are called to do. Now, I remember the first time in church that I was given power it was back in the days, for those who remember, the overhead projectors. Now, in the room, put your hands up if you remember the overhead projectors, yeah. You may, whether or not you've got a part of history in church or not, there was a day where you had these kind of machines, they were the sort of big massive things that used to sit on a table and you used to have what's called acetates, and you'd put them on this and it would shine a big bright light onto the screen. And I remember in church being a young guy being given the task of using the overhead projector to show the song words. This was a major deal, huge power. And the power was very obvious when you were too late. Because you're there, you're supposed to be on right on the time and then you've forgotten the words to do it at the right time and then what happens is people are just mumbling because they don't know what the words are. But heaven forbid you misuse your power by getting them the wrong way round because then of course people are reading in back to front and so on. Power was given to me by the leadership of that church that therefore I can influence for good or ill others around me. And that's simply what's going on in Genesis. Humans, made in God's image, are given the ability to care for and create. But because we're given the gift of power from God, we're called to use it the same way He does. It's a gift given to us for good. And I just want to, in passing, say something here to parents. I would imagine... Over this last year, there are many parents at home right now who all that this pandemic has done in the way that you have got to look after your kids in a way that you've never done before whilst trying to juggle work and trying to juggle relationships and all that sort of stuff, that you're worried that you've let your children down, that the power, as it were, that you've been given, that you have somehow done it wrong because you've failed in homeschooling or whatever it might be i want to encourage you that the heart that god has is one of care and the same we have therefore as parents to care for those we are given uh, is something that regardless of whether you think you've done well in homeschooling god does see the heart behind it and the circumstances that are so difficult so power is a gift that we are given to use for good. That's the first thing. But as we know, the second thing is this, that power can so often be twisted. I loved some of the comments about Prince Philip that you've heard doing the rounds in the last few days. He apparently said in front of some industrialists in 1961 this. He said, I've never been reticent about talking on subjects about which I know nothing. I love that. Or this, an Australian politician uh, said to him this, uh, said that he tweeted this yesterday, I met Prince Philip when he visited Victoria with the Queen and he said to me, what do you do? And I said to him, I'm Deputy, Prime, Deputy Premier. And Prince Philip's reply was, I know how you feel. Uh, it seems that Prince Philip was somebody that so often used his power and influence to influence well. Than if you saw that amazing picture at John F. Kennedy's funeral of him holding John F. Kennedy's son's hand. And the story around that is incredible. But we all know that Genesis 1 and 2, this amazing kind of snapshot of humanity, the power given there, the good power, has misused. And we see it obviously beginning in chapter 3, verse 1. And we read these words about the serpent, the snake. Now the snake was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. That word crafty or cunning is simply the ability to influence others. And what's interesting about that word is it's a neutral word in the original language. It doesn't mean badly. It just means the ability to be clever, prudent even. But what's clear is the motivation behind that changes how the serpent uses its cleverness. The motivation changes how we use power because here the serpent, for the first time, chooses to use power for himself. Up till now, power is given to create and care. In other words, for others beyond ourselves. And here, for the first time, it's wielded for personal gain. And you see that all the time, don't you, on social media. I don't know if you're anything like me getting slightly tired of the sort of outrage that is everywhere, that one person says something and everybody else cuts them down and then other people cut them down using language to destroy or personal gain so often. But it's not just the serpent where we see power twisted. We've also got another example of power going wrong between the relationship of Adam and Eve. Verse 16 of chapter 3, we read these words. To the woman, God says, your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you a devastating impact of power gone wrong. Because our parents, our first parents, if you like, Adam and Eve, have usurped God's power. That pattern then is lived out in the relationship between humans. Desire rule. Now, that word rule there is important Because it's a different word to the word used in Genesis 1, where God gives humans the ability to rule over creation. This word rule is much more negative. Dominate, subjugate. And I'm guessing that there are people watching right now who know very personally what that feels like and the the power that God gave humanity to care and steward, help to flourish, has been misused to dominate devastating impact. And that New Testament model, where husbands are called to love your wives as Christ loved the church, which means dying for her, Her needs first. Uh, We may have experienced that to be a long, long, long way away. But there's another word as well in the passage, which also shows power gone wrong. Do you see that? So that was the man dominating, as it were. Uh, But also, God says, your desire will be for your husband. And also, that's not a positive word either. It's the same word that's used in the next chapter of Genesis, Genesis chapter 4, in the relationship of Cain and Abel. Let me read it to you. Verse 7. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. That word desire there is the same mentioned in Genesis 3. It's devour, control have complete control over. In the same way that sin, according to Genesis, wants us to take the steering wheel of our lives, so too in that relationship between Adam and Eve. Now hear this. Some people have interpreted this as being kind of tendencies of men and women, you know, that women always control, men always dominate. I'm not sure, that may be your experience, but I'm not sure that's what's being got at here. But what is clear is that both of them are living to get what they want rather than for the other person. Whether it is dominating to get their way or controlling to get their way or trying to change that person to be the person they want them to be, It's about me rather than the other. And many of us know that twisted power, don't we? But it's not just in the relationship between Adam and Eve. I guess in our friendships, in our families, in our workplaces, power can easily be twisted. But there's something else. There's something else about power and it's this, the third thing. In verse 19, that power that's been given by God that's so often twisted doesn't last. Look at, uh, look at what happens in verse 19 of chapter 3 where God says, the response of them taking God's power, as it were, for themselves, by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you are taken, for dust you are and to dust you will return. Power is Temporary. And in the same way that it's been given, it can be taken away. I don't know if you saw the images of Harvey Weinstein at the center of the Me Too scandal. Uh, here he was, the great power broker in Hollywood. And then after the scandal had broke, did you see those pictures of when he went to court? He was a frail, weak man compared to the giant that he formerly was, because power suddenly had gone. I'm guessing that there may be some even watching this right now that you know that you have overstepped the mark, that you are using your power and influence for self rather than for those you're called to serve. And you know it's causing pain and heartache. Power doesn't last. And this is a warning, I think, for us. That's why this series is called Human, that we are but dust. We are not God. He is. But it's also an encouragement, I think, for those of us watching that have thought that what's been done to you that nobody has seen, God has. The idea in the Bible of standing before God is really good news for those who've suffered in silence because God, the creator, the real power broker, has seen and he really cares. But as we come to a close, there's one other aspect I want to draw attention to. Because there's something here that's been kind of obvious. When you see parents of a newborn baby, they have complete power over the, the, the future of that child. And yet power in those relationships is so, uh, so seldom used negatively. Why? Because they love that child and there's an example as we look to Jesus of how power is to be used well and it's not power taken it's power given up and we read some words in Matthew 20 in the New Testament about how Jesus calls us to use power that is just astonishing Matthew 20, verse 25, Jesus calls his disciples together and says this You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. In other words, that's bad use of power to dominate, to get what I want, to lead how I want. And listen to what Jesus says Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. The alternative for power and domination is to give power away for others. To serve rather than be served. A good question to ask is this as I close. For whose benefit am I doing this? Is it mine or is it theirs? Because look at Jesus. Not only does he call us to serve, but he is the one, the ultimate power broker. And what does he do with it? Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That's power combined with love. And friends, there will be people watching right now who, because of your story, have never grasped just how much Jesus loves you and has done for you. And it's colored by all of your past story, and I want to say simply this morning, you are love serve you that's good news